Welcome back to the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. We're joined on the program by Texags columnist Olin Buchanan, Texags insider and co-owner Billy Lucci, also Cole Kublik of the SEC Network and former LSU quarterback Josh Booty. He was a former quarterback, the first starting quarterback of the Nick Saban-Jimbo Fisher era back in 2000 when Jimbo was the OC at LSU. Josh Booty will join us on this program. All that and much more next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Message and data rates may apply. See purple.com for terms and conditions. It's Purple's biggest, comfiest Black Friday sale ever. Save up to $400 when you pair a Purple mattress with a premium sleep bundle. Make this shopping holiday simple and stress-free with the comfiest bundles ever made. Complete your Purple setup and get up to $200 off a mattress, plus up to another $200 off when you bundle two pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector. That's up to $400 off your order. It's time to feel the mattress you've been hearing about. The Purple mattress is the only mattress with the one, the only, the Purple Grid. It's the cool, innovative, no-pressure support that feels like you're floating. An experience that you cannot get with any other mattress. Shop great, then sleep great with Purple this holiday season. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. Sleep great through the holidays and get up to $400 off by texting OFFER to 84888. That's O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Hi, Gabe Bach here from Texags Radio. And if you're not currently a premium or varsity level subscriber to Texags.com, what are you waiting for? Texags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or insight on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like Texags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's Texags.com. Welcome back to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's first look back before we move ahead and focus on A&M and LSU. Let's look back at that six-point loss at Georgia on Saturday. Athens, Georgia, number four ranked team in the country, and the Aggies fall 19-13. to We're in studio right now with Tex-Ags columnist Dolan Buchanan. They fought like hell, OB. 60 minutes. I mean, a re- they had a real shot of pulling this thing out. But A&M, like you alluded to, ultimately – couldn't overcome a shaky start and some very one-sided officiating. Defense was excellent for the most part, but was not able to get off the field in the last four and a half minutes with all three timeouts. A loss is a loss, but unless you're Barrett Salee, 
this game to me tells you you, you got to be just not paying close attention to see how far this team has come over the course of the season. Are they there yet? No. Will they probably go seven and five? Sure. Uh, do they need to start winning these games? Of course. But they're much much closer, and I think the best is yet to come here around the corner pretty soon. Ob, what's your take, man? Well, I, you know, I, I agree that the best is yet to come, uh, and I certainly hope so because playing good teams close is valiant. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what you want. Uh, that's not what Jimbo Fisher wants. That's not why why you made a change and brought him in. The idea is to to beat these teams. Yeah. And maybe A and M's a year away, but you had a chance to win that game. There was about a half dozen calls that went against you. It's funny to me that the officials had a quick whistle apparently on a third and one sneak by. Uh, Kellerman, when everyone knows that, I mean, you see it all the time. Uh, quarterbacks getting second effort, guys coming up behind them and push them on that kind of play, and and Kellen got the the yardage needed for the first down, but they said, "Oh, we we blew a quick whistle, so it's not a first down." And then on a play when A and M passed to uh, Jalen Wattemeyer in the third quarter. And it looks like that play's gone nowhere for four or five seconds, and there's a late fumble, but they don't yeah. call the – I went back and watched at least four seconds with a stalemate. So His forward but, progress but, was stopped for at least four seconds. But it's something – you know, I can't say I'm that surprised. Right. Because I told you the day when I got here and everybody at Tech-Sags was still in this honeymoon swoon over joining the SEC and everything was beautiful and everything is great. Look how be- things that are going to be. And I said, you wait until you start – Watching the officiating, the team that's supposed to win, all the calls are always slanted. Did I not say that? Yeah. Even if unintentional, maybe it is intentional. I don't know. But they're human, and, and what they're doing is they, to, they know who's supposed to win. Supposed and to win. And money's on the line. And they call it that way. Texas A&M, teams. you were not brought – you were invited to the party, but you were not supposed to sit at the head table. You were brought into the SEC for your – televisions that you were bringing that's what you were brought in to make everybody richer you were not brought in to win you were not brought in to upset the uh apple cart the the hierarchy it's supposed to be georgia florida alabama auburn lsu those are the teams that are supposed to win and you will never you will always have to win you always have to beat those teams as well as overcome the officiating. If you remember all the way back to 2012 at Alabama, there are a lot of plays. Like I keep coming back to uh, a Christian Michael touchdown. Well, they man, it was so obvious he had scored, and those officials huddled around for two, about 30, 40 seconds. I know they're trying to figure out a way to say yeah. he didn't get in. This is going to make it 20 to nothing. Can we really allow this thing to score? And then yeah. they say, well, it's going to be on – you know, on video, yeah, we're going to have to do yeah. it. Uh, How about the crazy wallop? Hey, I was watching the college, um, one of those documentaries where they're showing everything. They're talking about uh, targeting and how crazy hit, vicious hits are that have to be uh, eradicated from college football. You know what the one they showed? Mac Wilson hitting Speedy Noyle uh, so hard, and they showed one play on this documentary. And that was not even called targeting. It wasn't field. called targeting. Not only that, but the SEC office. Who? How does this Call ever happen? TV. Calls TV. Say no, it's not targeting. Yeah. Look, you. Are, for those people, <laughs> that was brutal. Those people shit. who remember the Godfather, you are Carlo. You got. You married into the family. You're not blood, and because you're not blood, you're never going to be completely a part of the family. In fact, they kill Carlo at the end. Uh, but Would this you say is the just, same thing for South Carolina and Arkansas. Uh, yeah, certainly Ar- Missouri. I, I know Arkansas got hosed. Uh, I couldn't tell you the actual back when they were good. I couldn't tell you the actual play now, but I guarantee if you talk to someone from Arkansas, they'd remember. I can remember a game when they really got hosed in a, a game against Alabama on a call. Uh, but anyway, just to understand that's your role in in the SEC, wow. and you're going to have to overcome your teams you're playing plus biased officiating. I tell you what, that the only touchdown of the game for Georgia should never have happened. Yeah. He he not only Pickens not only grabbed Debion Renfro's face mask, he ran with it. He ran with for, it for five, five yards. yards. And the headlinesman, I think it was right there, was it? 
It was a guy right there looking at it. There was on a the guy side. on the sideline who was right by it, and then there was a guy in the end zone. Neither one of them they, saw it. one of them saw it. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I did you go mine. back and watch the game? Jamon Osmond, there's an incomplete pass, mm-hmm. and Jamon Osmond, the reason he couldn't get over there to catch the ball is because the corner that's got covering him literally grabs his undershirt and is oh, yanking it yanking. and holding on to it. And there's and an official. No call. Official's right here. He's going with a perfect incomplete th- pass. No call. That's how it's going to be. That's unbelievable. No, I, I know that AM ran for minus one yard. I know that Mon didn't get rolling until the fourth quarter, and then he really got rolling. I know that AM couldn't get off the field in the last four and a half minutes. I also know that on the first play of the fourth quarter, of that uh, last drive, they throw a swing pass to DeAndre Swift out of bounds, stop the clock, wait for everybody to look at the clock, it stopped for five seconds, then they roll it again. They stop it as if he had like gotten a first down, and they rolled it again. 25 extra seconds should never have come off that clock. Now, I don't know if AM would have stopped them anyway. The Aggies should not have gone pistol on fourth and an inch. Nope. But, but they, they should have gotten the first down anyway on a second effort from Kellamont. Exactly. Um, that's, that's, so I don't want to make all excuses, but that was a huge part of the game, well, officiating. It was awful. I don't know if AM would have won anyway, uh, even if they had called that late pass interference uh, when the guy was – Holding and riding, yes. Uh, Jalen Watermeyer and yes. him still would have had this about thirty yards to pick up. That might have been the worst one. So I don't know if they would have won, but you want to get a fair shot. Um, and and feel did, like you got a fair did shot. Did not get a fair shot. And this wasn't like the LSU game where if you went back, you can see that every call was correct. Oh, even Steve Shaw sided with A and M on those. Uh, yeah, uh, within the newspaper, book. but um, but the, the officiating was 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 horrible and it was rancid and the fact is like i said that you look you got a, br- a brand new or a should re- renovated stadium you got a coach that's probably one guy you got a some great trips all this out of getting the sec what it's going to cost you is that you are going to get this kind of officiating on a pretty consistent basis unless you get to that point where you're the team you're, yeah that uh stands to make the sec more money Exactly. Uh, That's it. And then, and then maybe you'll get that call. But if even if it's if it's against one of the, again one of the, the, the sacred cows of the SEC, which is the five, <laughs> then th- then you still may not. You wake up with a horse head in your bed. You may. Yeah, that's the way it felt on on Sunday morning. You're going to get strangled in the front seat like Carlo. <laughs> hey, it was kind of a tale of two Clemson-like games, wasn't it? For the first couple, three quarters, it kind of plodded along like this year's Clemson game. Man, they're so close. The offense isn't doing much, though. The defense keeping you in it, uh, doing a good job against the run. It's still close, but they're starting to kind of creep away a little bit, and it just feels sloppy, a lot of sloppy uh, mistakes, delays of game. Offensive line procedural yeah, penalty, and then the fourth quarter felt like Clemson last year. Mine gets crazy hot, and the only, and the main reason you lose, you feel like, is you got hosed by the officiating. It did feel like both Clemson games rolled well, into one. To me. I guess I don't necessarily can't think I came away from the Clemson game feeling like I got hosed two uh, years ago, last year, two years. Oh, ago. two years. That's ago, what I'm yeah. saying. It felt like uh, last year's Clemson game and the fourth quarter. Yeah, the yeah, first that, three quarters felt some, like this year's Clemson. There, yeah, there were okay. I got you. Uh, yeah, there was some things I definitely. A question in that game, but this was, yeah, th- that was maybe two calls in Clemson. I mean, this was the whole game. It seemed like it, you know. Uh, but uh, you mentioned the offensive line, and quite frankly, I, I don't know what else to say. You know, when you can't even count on guys on third and one to uh, to be so locked in on what they got to do that they're not jumping, fall starting on third and one, and put you in third and six. Yeah. Um, look, I knew we all Georgia's defensive front. We knew going in was better than A and M's offensive line, so you, you, a, a lot of some the things that happened was predictable. But one thing you can do, it, you can you can avoid the 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 penalties, the what do they call them? unforced errors, mm-hmm. the self inflicted wounds, yes. and the offensive line was was doing that all night long. It seemed like and. That's something that you just can't really explain. You can't lose a turnover battle and have all those penalties. Now, Georgia should have had six, six or seven penalties too, but you yourself can't have seven of them, and at least four of them were pre-snap, just pre-snap bad issues. We got- yeah, one time, Kellen, I guess it was I guess it was on him for an, uh, uh, at, at least one, maybe two delay games. Mm, two. And one of them, yeah. again, was I think pretty short yardage. One of them was coming out of a timeout. And yes. that's one of those you say, okay, that – it's it's game 11. When are you going to clean that crap up? Right. Exactly right. 
And and I wish that Jimbo could get Mond in attack mode from the from the start of the game. Because boy, when when he's got to be in, a lot of times in these games he is. He was locked in late in that game. You'd love to get that sucker just throwing to open up some of that run in a game like that because you're not running into the teeth of them. And I thought they kept beating their head in the ground trying to run into the teeth of that defense. Uh, I know in that first one, you know, okay, you ran on first down. Okay, first series, all right. Okay, no problem there. You've been running everywhere. Everybody's calling for it. And then you got a penalty, and next thing you know, you're looking at you know third and long. You know, so you're just running to say, okay, let's we're not yeah. getting this. But yeah. but yeah, I would like to put more on Keller. And I thought they'd have to. I didn't came in thinking you're you're not going to run consistently. Yeah, I know A and M would run well, but that running against South Carolina and running against Georgia was going to be two different things. Our thanks to Olin Buchanan. We'll get Billy Lucci's look ahead to LSU in rant style. We'll do that next as we move along in the Texas Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's look at this matchup with LSU, where the Ags might find success, and how this one looks. We're going to widen him up and let him go monologue style. Tex-Ags co-owner and executive editor, Billy Lucci. Here we go. Here's what I want to say. You don't expect I, – I, no, you AM could have a really good O-line. Like, say, in a year or two, they have this – Really good O line. Let's say the best. Who's the best O line in the SEC? Is it Georgia? Right now it is. When Georgia played, did they get the best of Auburn's D line? Because I watched that game. They did they not. They didn't block Derek Auburn's, Brown. Auburn beat. Yeah. Them so my point yeah. is this: even, uh, South Carolina whipped Georgia. Yeah, with Ken Law and yeah. Wall, and who A and M did a good job against. Mm-hmm. But when you're in this league, the D lines are going to be better than the O lines, or they're just going to be too good in some weeks. I, I watch Jake Matthews, Luke Jokel. I mean, you know, Jake Matthews, Sedaway, and Jermaine Effetti get, you know, worked in one game against Mississippi State, and AM still scored 50 because Johnny was doing all his magic. But they had Chris Jones and those guys. You watched Auburn in that 45-41 game. 45-42, whatever it was, with Johnny when they lost to Auburn. D4. And right there at the end of the game, D Ford and Carl Lawson. And it's Matthews, and, and that was Matthews in a way, two first-rounders. And it was all they – so, with that said, no one is asking – I mean, it'd be great. You'd love to do it. No, but to go out and dominate Georgia or Alabama or Auburn or Clemson up front, no, I, I mean, I don't think that's a reasonable – expectation because quite frankly very few if anyone does that but do not give up devastating plays at key moments and to not get beat so bad early in the game that it sets a tone for the entire football game like on your first three drives I do think those guys need to come out and and have a better showing of themselves and that and here's the deal recover bounce back because there's no excuse to let that happen against LSU but you know why because LSU doesn't do that to other opponents. I mean, yeah, LSU's going to make plays. And they're going to kill drives. And Lawrence and some of those dudes, Calavon, they're, they're good up front. But the sum is not as good as Exactly. The when you look at what they do defensively, Man. A&M should be able to block, they should be able to run the football, and they should be able to score points in that game. And they'll have to, obviously, because LSU's going out of their way to try to humiliate A&M next Saturday. And to me, if I'm in that locker room and I'm in that building this week, I take that very personally. Is if, that if, about survival early in the game? Because they're going to come out yeah. crazy fired up. Yeah. But if you can punch them back in the face a Absolutely. couple of times. Absolutely. Maybe you have to match a score. Maybe you have to get a <clears> – <throat> maybe it's a stop on the first possession, force a punt just to kind of send some sort of small message. But, I mean, hell – Arkansas was playing with them until the last five minutes of the half. You know, and I'm not saying LSU is going to have a whole nother level of focus and energy, but <clears throat> Mississippi State hung in there with them for the first half. <clears throat> Ole Miss had the ball in a two-score game in the second half. These are teams, I'm not talking about Bama. Bama lit them up. Texas scored 38 with Ellinger 
you know, having a field day. So I do think there's opportunity there. But, I mean, if I'm in that building right now and I'm going to work today and I'm going to practice today and I'm listening to Blogeron and I'm listening to Macaulay Culkin Burrow <laughs> and I'm listening to Edwards Elaire. Looks like Goat Boy to me, if Jim I'm, Brewer. Yeah, it's a good one. If I'm listening to those dudes, and I like what they're doing there at LSU. Oh, yeah. I, other than this Saturday, I like that team. I think I, they, they play they play with a lot of heart. They play hard. They're fun to watch. And it's a it's a, a pretty amazing story of Ed O and Burrow. You know, now that's where it ends. They haven't shut up about last year's game. They didn't get robbed. We've gone through this a million times when you look at the play. Were they unlucky that Kellen's knee was down? Yeah, that's that's terrible luck. That's a millisecond or an inch of luck, you know. So yes, that's they should have won the game were it not for just horrible a horrible break. That was the correct call and break. So with that said, they haven't shut up about it. Um again, Kendrick Rogers got out with a second left. Jama I mean uh Rodgers did get the first down. The, the television mark was wrong. He got it by two yards there at the oh, end. Oh, Courtney over the middle? Yeah, Courtney and over the middle. Rodgers yeah. down the thing. Yeah, and and Rogers, he, got, he got the that, snap. It was P.I. against against Kendrick. It was <laughs> That was pass interference a hell of a lot. They called that one. They didn't call the Weidemeyer one. Come on. So, yeah, exactly. Or the Osmond when they pulled the his Osmond, jersey. Yeah, right. It was right in front of me, too. So, with all that said, I, I don't – I'm not – I want A and M to go out. When if I was in that building across the street today, you couldn't, you couldn't contain my energy. I would want to get in a car, drive to Baton Rouge, walk into that building, and get into a fist fight with everybody associated with that program today. And that's me, okay? I'm not like you think about other guys, guys that like these alpha football playing. 20 somethings I would you would not be I would be like I can't get to Baton Rouge soon enough with the way these dudes are talking and being so dismissive so hopefully you know Jimbo have to rein that in a little bit but hopefully it's there to be reined in you know what I'm saying yes you got to go in there ready for a fight a a fist fight if you're Texas A&M you've got to go in there you're gonna get it and say we're grown men too Let's get it on. You can Amen. complete all your passes. You can complete 80%. <clears throat> do what you think you got to do. And we're going to come out and run the football and kill them on and say, I'm going to come out and, and state my case here. And you guys have been talking smack all year that we didn't deserve to beat you. So now nothing would make this better than if we came and did it again. And to me, you want a rivalry? Oh, boy. Imagine, imagine that. If you beat Imagine them, yeah. if A&M went in there yeah. and spoiled their perfect season. <laughs> That's a rivalry. That exactly would be right. – LSU fans would hate Jimbo Fisher. They would hate Kellen Mond, would be among their most hated athletes in a while. And they would hate all things maroon and white. And then here's the thing. Then they have to come back here to Kyle Field the next year without Burrow, without Elaire. And they recruit lights out, and they do it in their own special Louisiana way out there. But they'll they'll come in the next year to Kyle Field against what should be a much better A and M team, minus their quarterback that's having. And again, I love what they're doing. That dude's having as good a year as I've ever seen someone have at the quarterback position, and it sure feels yeah. like this is just their year, and. Everything's falling right for them. Every move has been perfect. You got to play it. You got to play it. And, and they've. it's not like they haven't had some close games. They haven't blown the doors mm-hmm. off of every single team they've played. I mean, Texas and Bama, you know, those, those two right there that came down, and Auburn. Auburn, three-point game. Three right there that came down to the, you know, the very end of the game. That's three out of 11 right there. So it. it it's not like, they're invincible, but they are undefeated, and they're undefeated for a reason. They're a great football team. Always thankful for the very colorful and in-depth 
analysis from TechSag's co-owner, Billy Lucci, on this Thanksgiving week. We'll take a break. Let's come back and go in the trenches with Cole Kublik. Speaking of in-depth analysis, former Auburn center, Cole Kublik of the SEC Network next on a Thanksgiving edition of the TechSag's Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with custom holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get special Black Friday prices with 60% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus save on other memorable photo gifts like canvas prints. So get our Black Friday prices until December 3rd with 60% off holiday cards and photo calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter code RADIO60 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code RADIO60. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan, but we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at babble.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter & Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter & Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter & Company can do for you. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and it's time right now to go to the phone line and go in the trenches with former Auburn center of the SEC Network, analyst Cole Kublik with us to talk Aggie football and jump around the SEC a little bit. Cole, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Gabe. How are you guys? Doing really well. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Uh, let's start with A&M, and we'll start by looking back and we'll quickly move ahead. But first off, and fantastic video work by you on Twitter. You probably made Justin Matabike a first-team All-SEC guy for what he was able to do against Georgia and you pointing it out to people who need to vote. But what were your takeaways on a, a close loss to Georgia on Saturday night? Boy, I thought that group played well. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought, uh, I thought really, not just Matabike, Bobby Brown did some good things. Um you know, I thought PV did some good things inside as well. Uh, the middle, especially, played played really well. There were some issues out on the edge with containment, especially with cutback runs, and, and that's that's probably really and truly the strength of DeAndre Swift's game. I mean, I, I can take you back to last year when Auburn gave up 282 or 320, whatever it was on the ground, and I go back and watch the film, and I'm like, Derek Brown's destroying these guys. And I tweet something out about it that, man, Derek Brown looked like a monster against Georgia. And Georgia fans just go bananas about, did you see how many yards rushing they had? We ran for 300 and this and that. It's like, yeah, but when he's taking up two offensive linemen and he cuts back all the way across the field, he goes for 40. That's not really on him. Yeah. And it was kind of the same thing with the middle of that A&M defensive line. So it's so good with cutback runs. And he had a couple of those go for big games. Uh, a couple of the quick toss plays on the on the perimeter got A&M a few times, but the, the middle of that D-line, and I think Buddy Johnson too inside, uh, had really good games, and, and made made that Georgia offensive line not appear to be the best in college football. Um, offensively, obviously, 
you, you and I talked about it last week. How long would it take Jimbo to just come to the realization, hey, that run game's not going to be here. Um, let's see what Kellen and these receivers can do. And and they, they did some things, moved the ball a little bit. And a couple things didn't go in his way. But I think it just, for me, my takeaway was that group is still playing hard. That group is still growing, uh, still finding new things out about themselves. And the future is going to be bright in college station, specifically next year, because one of your guys, I don't know who it was, maybe Billy, tweeted out that 2020 schedule. And I know fans don't want to turn the page right now because you got LSU coming up and right. the bowl game. And I look at that schedule. Holy hell. Like that thing lines up about as good as you could ask for mm-hmm. AM next year. About time. So that's, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be pretty pumped about that one if I was an a and I agree. You trade out at Clemson for Colorado at home. You trade at Georgia for Vandy at home and a potential 10-0 start. Now, you do have to go to Auburn, but they're going to lose all five of their offensive Auburn's going to be down. Auburn's going to be way down next year. I'm, a, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, Auburn is going to be down next year. Mississippi State's going to be down. I think the team that you need to watch out for next year in the West that's not going to win the West uh, I think A and M can compete in the West next year. I think I think it'll be a three team race I know between who you're them, LSU, and Alabama. The team to watch out for is Ole Miss. They're yep. going to get they're going to get two or three people they're not supposed to get next year because they if they keep those two coordinators, they are going to they're going to be a dangerous dangerous football team. Do you feel better about A and M heading into next year offensively with all but one senior? Uh, they only got one senior, or defensively with just one senior, that being Chuck Oliver. I feel great about them. Uh, they're going to lose a guy or two to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I think that I don't think this is just my opinion. I, I haven't, I haven't talked to him. And, and listen, I, I love Kellen Mott. He's, he's one of my favorite college football players to watch. I personally don't think that he's going to go to the NFL, but I have no information on that. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's too much talent across the board there for a guy or two to not just go ahead and test the waters. And I think sometimes, Gabe, we forget. Like we, we look at. Are you a top 15, top 20 pick? If so, come out. If not, what the what in the world are you doing? But there are a lot of reasons that college football players go to the NFL. It's not just to go make money right now. It's not because they think they're going to be a first-round pick. Some guys can't stay in school. Some guys don't want to go to school anymore. Some guys don't like the, the schedule that comes with it. And some guys yeah. are just over it. And, and there, are, there are some guys out there that their coaches tell them to get lost. And their best option is just to try the NFL. So there are a lot of different reasons. They're not all negative that guys just are, are ready to make that jump. So I think there's too much talent on the A&M offense to not lose anybody. But if what I'm hearing about the Juco offensive lineman that could come in and help next year, and with what I feel pretty confident is going to be back, man, they're going to be a handful. And they're going to be fun to watch. And to be able to spread teams out with that group of receivers, and then have three quality tight ends to be able to use in different ways. And then a, a mobile quarterback that can help you not only on the outside perimeter runs, but with some inside runs as well. That offense, and not just because of talent, not just because of scheme, but because of personnel and the different things that they're going to be, how multiple they're going to be, they're, they're going to be fun to watch and very difficult to defend next year. Well, I guarantee you, you're, you popped into my head a bit, about 15 times during the first half of that football game on Saturday because you mentioned how maybe throw to open it up, get Kellen in attack mode early. They didn't do it, but when he got in attack mode, he was white hot and hit nine straight passes down the stretch and almost almost stole that game in Athens. Can you see that happening? Do you, what do you think is going to happen here where you know you're probably not going to win a 50-point game shootout with these guys? Do you keep try to keep them off the field and do what Jimbo loves to do? How do you think A&M keeps his sucker close on Saturday? No, I think you go full Big 12. I mean, really? Just push all your chips in because I, I don't – I just I, – I don't believe in the run game enough right now for them to consistently – take away enough possessions from LSU to be competitive in that game. I mean, let's think about this. How, how many possessions would you have to take away to give yourself a good chance to go win that game? You have to at least cut them in half. That run game's not that good. Mm-hmm. So um, if, you're, if your defense can do what Auburn's did, then yes, maybe you, you go that route. But outside of the D-line, 
and, and maybe a linebacker and, and a safety, I, I'm not overly confident that they can slow them down that much. Maybe a little bit, but not that much. So I think you go into this game knowing we need to try to score on every possession, and that's the way it's going to be. If that means go fast, if that means take more shots downfield, if that means you know less bonus big near the line of scrimmage with tight ends, fullbacks, spread it out, whatever you have to do, I think I think you need to try to match LSU point-wise in this game because I think it's the only only real way that you're built to sustain success against a team that's capable of doing what they're doing. Thank you, Cole. We'll come back with the first starting quarterback of the Nick Saban era when Jimbo Fisher was quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator. Josh Booty of LSU will join us next on the Texas Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And we want to go out to the phone line right now and visit with former LSU quarterback under Nick Saban and offensive coordinator Jimbo Fisher back in 2000 when they first got there. Looking at the matchup with the Aggies, sharing a story or two about Jimbo and much more, Josh Booty with us on the phone line right now. This is a growing, budding rivalry here in football between the Aggies and the Tigers. No, there's no question about it. I, I know Orgeron in his press conference this week said, you know, we beat Texas. Now we need to beat A&M because it'll help us in recruiting in Houston. And, yeah. and there's such a huge, you know, uh, uh, I guess a, a huge, huge group of contingency of Tiger fans in Houston. But, you know, we need to be able to recruit that area. Houston produces so many great players. Louisiana is such a small state uh, in numbers. Now we have great players uh, in and throughout the state, but, not as great a high school football teams as you see in Texas, and y'all's numbers are so much better. So it's like we need to win some of those games against A&M so that we can go in there and recruit that area and feel good about it and, and gain momentum and all that. So, you know, it is a rivalry, no, no matter how you look at it. I don't think, you know, if you look at, you know, we're, we're the only SEC team in our state, and, of course, y'all are too, but y'all have to recruit against, A&M has recruited against so many of the different universities that are, you know, could be potential powerhouses and, you know, TCU and, and, and Texas and Baylor now playing well. So, so tough to go get those kids because there's, there are a lot of them, but there's a lot of great universities as well and different, the different regions. So, you know, LSU looks to it, I guess, to its East, you know, and then we have Mississippi and they got two, two teams there in Mississippi and we try to recruit that area too. And, and they're not as good a football teams as Texas A&M. So I would say, you know, regionally, Arkansas has been been bad of late. So have the Mississippi schools. But Texas A&M is the closest school mm-hmm. that can affect us the most. And so, yes, I, I definitely think. And with Jimbo Fisher being there after being at LSU for so many years and us knowing him and his name so well, this is a perfect rivalry, uh, you know, game. So what are your thoughts on Jimbo? And what, what do you think he's building at Texas A&M outside looking in, but knowing him so well? Well, he's a great football coach, so, you know, you can go ahead and check that off the box, and then now you got to look at recruiting, right, and his staff, and if he can build a great staff, in which I'm sure he can do, and, and recruit well, which he did last year to start things off, to kick things off, I think, he, you know, he's got to get his guys in place, right, and then I think the sky's the limit. He's going to, he, he can potentially win a national championship because of, you know, the fan base and the, uh, you know the things that the you know the things that A and M that he can do. The resources are so awesome. So I, I think the sky's the limit for him. I think he's a heck of a football coach. I, I do think that college football is going to the spread style, but he has adapted and can do that. Uh, you know, if you look at the top five or six teams in the country right now, they all run the RPO spread stuff. But he's he's doing that stuff with Kellen and. And, uh, you know, you got to get the ball up the yard, but you also got to be able to run the football as well. And Jimbo's all, that's been his MO, is balance and power game up front with a great tailback and then also some great wideouts. Last year, we couldn't stop you guys, and the receivers you had were making play after play after play, especially in the, you know, red zone uh, overtime stuff. And so that presented real problems. I think that's what we have to look at this year is, we we better be ready for a lot of that because Jimbo's not not scared. He's gonna he's gonna go after it. He's an underdog this week. He's on the road. He's gonna let it all hang out. 
All right, Josh, let's have some fun. What What are your memories of walking <laughs> into that meeting? And yeah, Saban, Saban, we could do a whole hour on that, but let's focus on Jimbo here. Like, he brings in this dude from Cincinnati's offense, right? And he brings him in. He's been at Auburn. <laughs> yeah. So you probably had a little understanding of who he was, and you were one of the greatest high school quarterbacks ever. So I'm sure you got recruited by him maybe a little bit at Auburn. But did you already have a perception of him? And what 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 was your first meeting like with Jimbo? Well, my first meeting was funny, and I tell this story because I don't even remember the football part of it. I remember that he called me up there in the office, and he had out Derek Dooley and and uh, Mike Haywood, the running back coach. Dooley was a tight end coach, and I mean, I think it was Hickson was a receiver coach. We we're all sitting in there, and goes. Bodie, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, order us some pizza. And I said, well, uh, okay. I said, what, what, why am I ordering the pizza? You know, and uh, and we had a good relationship like that. But he goes, well, you made more money than all of us to playing baseball. You uh, you ordered the pizza. So, <laughs> so I said, dang, Jimbo, he's coming at me right out the gate. I said, well, you're wow. making more money here than I'll, I'll ever make in college. So, anyways, we we had a lot of fun. He he was a uh, he liked to get out there with us and practice and throw the football around. Oh, yeah. I love that. You know, it's like Pete Carroll does that all the time, you know, at SC and it's fun to watch him get out there and toss the ball around. And he's such a, such a good guy. And Jimbo was like that, man. He was so motivated to get out there and throw the ball around with us and be a kid. He just loves the game, man. And you can see it. You know, he would, a play would go one way, but he knew what was going on the other side of the field or backside. And, and I remember he seeing it so well and, compared to you know us you know when you're when you're back there and you haven't seen it as much as he has uh had seen plays in his mind and he knew his offense so well it was fun to to uh to to hear from him after every play and and you know that carried over into the into the uh you know the film room and different things i mean he was a he was a bulldog and he got on us about every little thing but it's all it is all about the details and trying to coach these young kids up and and uh, he's got so much knowledge. Uh, if, if I was a quarterback, you know, now at A&M, man, I'd be soaking up all the knowledge because, you know, he's won. He's had guys win Heisman's now, and and uh, you know, he, he's won national championships, and he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal football coach. I wish, you know, I, I, I wanted LSU to get him, and, and Orgeron's been great, but it would have been fun to have him at LSU, and and so you guys got an unbelievable football coach. Our thanks to Josh Booty. We'll come back and run down the Week 14 schedule in the SEC, and it's robust. We won't pick the games, and we'll set it up for you. There are just too many of them, and we'll look ahead and some final thoughts on what to watch for in A&M and LSU and a predicted final score, too, as we close it out next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryan or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Message and data rates may apply. See purple.com for terms and conditions. It's Purple's biggest, comfiest Black Friday sale ever. Save up to $400 when you pair a Purple mattress with a premium sleep bundle. Make this shopping holiday simple and stress-free with the comfiest bundles ever made. Complete your Purple setup and get up to $200 off a mattress, plus up to another $200 off when you bundle two pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector. That's up to $400 off your order. It's time to feel the mattress you've been hearing about. The Purple mattress is the only mattress with the one, the only, 
only the Purple Grid. It's the cool, innovative, no-pressure support that feels like you're floating. An experience that you cannot get with any other mattress. Shop great, then sleep great with Purple this holiday season. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. Sleep great through the holidays and get up to $400 off by texting OFFER to 84888. That's O-F-F-E-R to 84888. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with custom holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get special Black Friday prices with 60% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus save on other memorable photo gifts like canvas prints. So get our Black Friday prices until December 3rd with 60% off holiday cards and photo calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter code RADIO60 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code RADIO60. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. We won't pick these games because there's too many, but this is uh, going to allow you to kind of set your your uh, your guide, your channel surfing guide. Some final thoughts here on exactly where to watch these games, what the spread looks like right now as we're recording them. It's a heck of a matchup. Rivalry week in the SEC. Right off the top on Thursday night, Ole Miss at 4-7, and 2-5 and five in the SEC at Mississippi State. 5-6. and six. Also, two and five need a win at home against the Rebels in a rivalry game in the Egg Bowl to get bowl eligible. Thursday night, 6.30, Davis Wade Stadium, main channel ESPN, state at home favored by three. I think Ole Miss is going to win that game, by the way. Missouri, five and six, two and five in the SEC. Even if they get this win, will not be bowl eligible. They tried to appeal, but have been ruled ineligible by the NCAA. We'll see how that affects them. As they go to winless Arkansas in league play at 0-7, 2-9 overall. This is not in Fayetteville. This is at War Memorial Stadium. A Friday night, a Friday afternoon game at 1.30 on CBS. Mizzou on the road, favored by 12 points. Number three, Clemson. Perfect at 11-0 at South Carolina at 4-7. They won't make a bowl this year. 11 o'clock at williams Bryce Stadium on ESPN. Clemson on the road, favored by 27.5. Number four, Georgia. 10-1 at Georgia Tech. That'll be in Atlanta. The dogs will make the short drive to Atlanta about an hour and a half away uh, for two straight weeks. They'll play in the SEC championship game. But first, they're in Midtown there against the hapless Yellow Jackets at 3-8. and eight. 11 o'clock at Bobby Dodd Stadium on ABC. Georgia favored by 28.5 on Saturday. Louisville at 7-4 and four at Kentucky, 6-5. and five. 11 o'clock at Kroger Field. SEC Network, Kentucky at home, getting about a field goal favored by two and a half points. Number five, Alabama, 10 and one, six and one in the league at number 15, Auburn. You throw the records out when these two teams play. No two at Tunga Vailoa, Mac Jones at quarterback for Bama. Auburn's eight and three, four and three in the league. It's a 230 game, Jordan Hare Stadium, CBS, Alabama on the road, a slight favorite, three and a half points. Vanderbilt, three and eight, one and six in the SEC at Tennessee. They're six and five and four and three in the SEC. Three o'clock at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee on the SEC network. The Vols favored by 22 and a half points. Florida State, six and a half or six and five. Odell Hagens has in, injected some life in there. He's a Florida State guy, really a lifer. You know, maybe Coach O part two out there as the interim coach. Maybe they'll give him the opportunity to see what he can or can't do with this program. They've had some life ever since he replaced Willie Taggart. He replaced Jimbo Fisher and gave him a little bit of life. 2-0 and as interim coach the first go-around. But you could do worse. Florida State at 6-5 and five at number 11. Florida 9-2. and two. That's a 6-30 game in the Swamp SEC Network. Our guest, Cole Kublik, good, good friend of the show, 
He'll be on the sidelines doing a little field analysis there with Tom Hart and Jordan Rogers. Florida at home favored by 17 and a half points. And that brings us to our game. Texas A&M, 7-4, and 4-3 four, four and three in the SEC at number 2 LSU. Perfect at 11-0, 7-0 in the SEC, probably at the Heisman winner, 6 o'clock at Tiger Stadium, nighttime in Death Valley, main channel ESPN, and on many of these stations carrying this program, LSU favored by 16 and a half. Well, that's a lot of points, even as good as LSU is. So what to watch for in this? I mean, what's that scene going to be like on Saturday? Everybody who wears purple and gold has waited a whole year for this moment. The rivalry was enhanced in a big way quite naturally last year, and we'll see how the Aggies respond in an absolute hostile and borderline dangerous environment on Saturday. I mean, this is what college football is all about. It's going to be intense from the word go in Death Valley, and there's nowhere else I'd rather be Saturday night. Can the Aggies get the offense rolling and be in attack mode from the start versus a talented but porous LSU defense? Very talented, but the sum is not equated to the parts so far this year. Almost everyone's had success running it and especially throwing on the Tigers this year. Dave Aranda's group's loaded with talent. They just haven't gotten it done, haven't quite hit their stride defensively this year. Now, Kellen Mond and company could have a field day, but they need to get it rolling early in the game. Get Mond in attack mode from the start, and we'll see what happens. Could make a game out of it. Also, what to watch for? What will Mike Elko cook up in an attempt to do something that no other team has been able to do all year, and that's slow down Joe Burrow? The probable Heisman winner in that LSU passing attack. The Tigers, absolutely loaded at receiver. They feature a QB, maybe the best quarterback they've ever had. You go back to Burt Jones or somebody like that. They've had some number one picks. He may be a number one pick, and he'll win the Heisman. Their only other Heisman winner, Billy Cannon, he was not a quarterback. He was a running back and a kick returner. And now they're really running it well, too, speaking of that, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Over 1,000 yards for him. That makes them very, very tough to deal with. So can the Aggies keep LSU under 40? Is that asking too much? It'll be difficult. LSU's gotten there, but hey, other teams have been able to do it. Auburn's done it. You know, you give yourself a chance if you can find a way to limit their explosiveness, which A&M's done this year. Get off the field on third down, which A&M's done this year, and get them out of the uh, keep them out of the red zone or uh, the end zone when they're in the red zone. Hey, limit them to a few field goals. Keep this game under 35, something like that. Give yourself a shot. There's points to be scored on LSU. I think ultimately the Aggies, uh, LSU does not cover. I think A&M keeps it within that. I kind of think it's probably a 10-point game right now. Under 40 for LSU, but like a 38-28, something like that. The Aggies are getting better. I don't think they're there yet to go on the road and beat this LSU team, this iteration, which co- what Coach O's got cooking for LSU. But I do think the Aggies are getting very, very close. Can't wait to see what the future looks like for Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you've enjoyed the program. Big thanks to Olin Buchanan, Billy Lucci, Cole Kublik, and Josh Booty, our producer Dalton Hughes, everybody for tuning in. Hope you enjoy a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. Enjoy a ton of football. We'll be back next week to break it all down and look back on AM and the Bayou Bengals of LSU, a Saturday night game in Death Valley. Should be fun. You've been listening to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.